Evan, you were in the courtroom today for the oral argument, so you could see the former president there. I know you were sitting, uh, uh, and you could see the back of him. The judges obviously were skeptical as we were playing part of what they said, but you heard all of it. So what happens next? Well, Aaron, uh, we have to wait to see whether this, uh, how this uh, three-judge panel rules. And one of the things that uh, John Sauer, Donald Trump's attorney, said near the end of, of his presentation was, uh, if you rule against us, uh, we ask you that you put a stay on it so that we can continue appealing. That's uh, a nod to the strategy that the former president and his legal team have, which is to try to buy more time, to try to push back the date of this trial, which right now is still scheduled uh, for March 4th, but that is obviously very, very doubtful. The former president, as you pointed out, Aaron, did not have to be there today. Uh, he uh, was with, gave rapt attention, really, to the, the three-judge panel. He listened to their, to their questions. And then when the government uh, began their presentation, James Pierce, who uh, works on special counsel uh, Jack Smith's uh, team, uh, he started writing notes, furiously write, writing notes, passing, on, passing them on to uh, his attorney, John Sauer. Now, we don't know whether Sauer any, took any of those notes and, and actually made any presentations on it. Near the end of his presentation, he did say, uh, wanted to re reiterate that he believed that uh, what the former president is accused of, everything that he's accused of happened while he was in office, sort of motioning to Donald Trump. The, the former president uh, nodded, again, very visibly. It, it gives you a sense of, of why he was there, which was to see with his own eyes, to see what these, uh, what these judges uh, were going to say. And look, it's very clear that they expect that this is not going to go their way. But the whole goal here is to try to delay this trial perhaps into beyond the election, Aaron. Thank you very much, Evan. And also, as you point out, crucial that, you know, how intimately he is involved and that he chose right. to be there, that he does on some level grasp the gravity of it beyond Absolutely. obviously seeing the television, you know, seizing the television cameras outside the room, uh, that he grasps the gravity on some level. All right, Evan, thank you very much. So now let's go, as promised, to Ty Cobb, the former Trump White House lawyer. So, Ty, let's just start off with where you stood on this prior to the arguments we heard today. You and more than a dozen other lawyers and former government officials signed a friend of the court briefing, an amicus curiae, in the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and you all argue against Trump's immunity claim. So did anything that you heard today from Trump's attorney change your mind? Oh, absolutely not. Uh, in, in fact, I think, you know, Trump may have approached this hearing with some optimism and attended with interest, but... I think his lawyers knew that, you know, today would be a fateful day. Uh, their legal arguments and constitutional arguments were largely specious. Uh, I think that came out today. They basically abandoned, I think, as, as Judge Pan uh, carefully extracted the concession that they had to make uh, based on the law and the, and the Constitution, that the only real argument they have, they, they no longer have the argument that he's absolutely immune because they have conceded uh, that under certain circumstances he could be prosecuted uh, for even uh, official acts. And they've also conceded um, on the double jeopardy argument. Uh, all they have left is the fig leaf um, of a negative uh, inference uh, from the impeachment judgment clause, which makes plain that if he is impeached and convicted, he's also subject to uh, criminal jurisdiction. In prosecution, um, there's it's silent as to you know a president who's um, impeached and not convicted. It's silent as to presidents who are not impeached. 
Um, clearly, there is no guidance in the Constitution that provides the immunity that right. they have asked for, and I think that ruling will come uh, fast and forcefully. So the, the judges did express skepticism, all three of them. Uh, you know, you mentioned Judge Pan. Uh, she said Trump's argument, uh, quote, falls away, right, when you lay out these, like, the context of impeachment. Judge Henderson called it paradoxical, and I thought the way she really laid it out, it's sort of one of those eureka moments, okay? She put that really clearly, <laughs> right? How can you... Yes, I, no, I, yeah. she, she definitely did. I mean, her point that, you know, it's, it's hard for me to understand how you're saying his duty to faithfully execute the laws somehow allows him to be a criminal. Right. I mean, it, 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 it is nonsensical in that sense. Just sort of the way she put it uh, was, was, was quite beautifully said. Um, but also, Ty, you know, I, again, I was just sitting here as a citizen, like anybody else watching, to hear the argument made in a courtroom that there's a situation where a president can order the murder of his political rival, right, through SEAL Team 6, and that that would be okay, uh, you know, if he hadn't been impeached for it, is a bit jarring. It stopped me in my tracks because they made it with great seriousness. And because of that, I guess it put into context a bit, perhaps, some of the things that Trump has said about the world leaders he most admires, like these. President Xi is a brilliant man. How smart is Kim Jong-un? Top of the line. Putin, very smart. We know how those uh, leaders and regimes behave. Uh, when you talk about political rivals, just as one example. And we've been told, Ty, so many times not to take Trump literally. But in this moment, and it is a grave moment, would it be a mistake not to? Uh, I think you have to take Trump seriously because he poses the gravest threat to democracy that we've ever seen. Uh, on the other hand, I think his legal arguments are, um, you know, interposed solely for delay. Um, I think, as the government's lawyer or the special counsel's lawyer argued today, um, that um, at the end of the day, it would be very scary if there's no accountability, as Trump's counsel has argued, um, for the types of conduct that have been charged here when a president uh, tries to prevent the um, peaceful transfer of power and uses the levers available to him to subvert the Democratic Republic and the electoral system. Um, I think the, um, you know, lack of accountability that he desires, uh, which Putin has, the Ayatollah has, Xi has, um, as you, as you um, allude to, um, you know, I think that he may want an America that, that, that is like that. But the founders, when they crafted the Constitution, tried desperately uh, and dutifully uh, to make it plain that this was not going to be a country where we had a king. This was going to be a country where we had an accountable executive. All right, Ty, thank you.